Welcome to Cold Water Podcast. I'm Nicola Halton. We all know the importance of getting out there and doing a great work for Jesus. In this podcast, we will learn more about the people who are involved in changing lives for good, for God. I would like to welcome Terry and Jill Eckersley to Cold Water Podcast. Hello, Terry and Jill. Hello. Hello. Terry, this is a question for you. You're an evangelist. What does being an evangelist mean to you? Great. Well, it's an honour to be with you tonight. We're excited to be with you. We're excited to be sharing with you and all the listeners. So that's the first thing. Uh, what does it mean to me to be an evangelist? It means to be an evangel, that's someone who shares good news. So I share the good news of the gospel, which is the simple, it's very simple, the simplicity of the gospel is God loved us so much, he sent Jesus to die that we might be forgiven and reconciled to God um, and not just have an eternity in heaven, but have a Zoe, God kind of life, a big life while we're on the earth. And that's the first point of it. The second point is to mobilize other people to do the same. So the evangelist is a gift to the church to mobilize the church, to tell other people the gospel, to share the gospel. So the evangelist brings the, the good news of the gospel to the church to mobilize them. He brings the good news of the gospel to the unbeliever to see them converted, to turn around, to turn their lives around, receive Christ, receive power, Acts 1-8 power. And the evangelist moves in great power, Pentecostal power. Yeah. So, so that's really what being an that's that's the gift of the evangelist to start with. I could I could talk for a long time on it. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, Jill, Jill, would you what would what's what's it like being married to an evangelist? Because you're an evangelist yourself as well, aren't you? You are really. Well, I suppose so. Yeah, it's not something that I've you know a label that's been put upon me. More so, I think being married to one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of probably stirs that up more within you as well, and I think I probably always been involved in the worship and the worship leading and I think a lot of that is always going to be drawing people to Jesus isn't it yes drawing people into the presence of God so I think it really starts it should touch everybody everybody really is an evangelist whether it's the main gift or um, a part of being a Christian everybody yeah. sorry to interrupt everybody's called to do the work of an evangelist yeah. <laughs> but not everybody is an ascension gift evangelist yes if Yes. Right. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to have to brush up on Ephesians 4. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll, I'll talk you through it if you like. Yes. Basically, the risen Christ yes. gave gifts to men and women. And first he called apostles, pastors, prophets, teachers, and evangelists. That's called the fivefold ministry. And that's to equip and mobilize, mature, and unify the church. Yeah. So, so God gives very special gifts, very unusual, very unique gifts to the body of Christ, and they come in the shape and form of ascension gift ministries, which the evangelist sits within that fivefold ministry gifting. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. I can feel a, the anointing when you speak, and Terry. That's you know that's why I, I yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, how did you become a Christian? And I, I've re I've read your book, um, Born Ready. 
But so I know how you became a Christian, but I think people may who haven't read your book won't know. So I would like you to just, you know, talk talk us through that. Okay. I mean, I was born and raised Roman Catholic. I often say I was half Jew and half Roman Catholic. It's the same as being a normal um, Jew, but when you Roman Catholic, but when you go into confession, you take a lawyer with you. That's funny. <laughs> um, my, my dad died when I was 13. He was a good, kind, hardworking man. So was my mum, working class roots, Roman Catholics. And, um, and when my dad died, I thought, come on, God's meant to love me. My dad, you know, works all his life. I'm going to spend more time with him because he always did regular night shifts. I only saw him in the mornings and the holidays. So um, I felt very hurt and angry and um, abandoned and got in trouble and rebellion at school, out of school, and, and my life really went crazy off the rails. There were fits and starts. At times I'd get a bit of stability, but then I'd go off the charts again. And um, But an evangelist, um, and he's a pastor now, but he was very on fire for God, and he was telling people about Jesus on our council estate, outside the nightclub I went to, and he kept telling us about Jesus, sharing the gospel, God loves us, Jesus died for us, and he had no fear. I mean, we were to be feared, really, because we were a, a gang, you know, a drug gang, a crime yeah. gang, whatever. But he told us the gospel, and um, he invited in his home, so hospitality, loved to share the gospel. And then one night, after some friends of mine and I had been fooling around with drugs, and a guy had been fooling around with the occult, and I got freaked out, we went to his house, knocked him up, and we prayed a prayer of commitment. We asked Jesus to forgive us, come in our lives. We gave our lives to him. I always say I didn't really realize what I'd done. Now, I knew what I'd done, but I didn't realize what Jesus had done for me on the cross. And that was to happen eight years later when I had a very powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. And through gifts of the Holy Spirit, through tongues and interpretation, that's in 1 Corinthians 12 about the the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I needed power in my life because I was a hopeless drug addict. And um, and a friend of mine got the gift of tongues and I got the gift of interpretation. And it simply said, Jesus died so that your sin can be forgiven. And the power of God touched me, the whole room lit up. I was weeping. I was, I was mightily saved. But yeah. I only really started to find my feet two years later. So you can see how the gospel was working in me but it's a journey, you know, because you can, I mean, I see people now and on one side of the mouth, and this is interesting, and these are high profile people, I, I won't name them at the moment, but millions and millions of followers and hundreds of millions of pounds this guy's made. And he, he says he's a Christian. And on one side of his mouth, he'll say what I've just said, God loves you, Jesus died for you. On the other side, he'll say, I'm blankety blank, blank, blank. <laughs> and I just think, and some people would say, Oh, he calls himself a Christian. He's got a potty mouth. Well, I mean, think about our own journey, the grace of God. I were growing yes. developing in grace. So that's why I'm always, I'm always never discouraged when people come to Christ and I don't see immediate fruits and change. Yeah. yeah. Because I know the gospel is working and the word of God doesn't return void. And, and you know, and we need to just trust trust the Lord and the Holy Spirit with the working out of salvation with people as well. Well, we're work in progress, aren't we? And, you know, I've been a Christian since I was four, but it doesn't mean that I haven't made mistakes or sinned or, you know, so it, we, we are a work in progress. Um, yeah. You know, Jill, how, how did you become a Christian? Yeah, slightly different story to tell you. Yeah. My parents became Christians when I was a baby. So um, I was brought up in an Anglican church, but a 
spirit-filled Anglican church in the 70s where we had drums yes. and keyboards as well as traditional organs and things. But I remember, well, my dad remembers praying with me, which I don't remember when I was about five. But I do remember when I was about eight being at the Sheffield City Hall and there was an evangelist called David Watson speaking at the front. I don't remember really anything about the meeting apart from the building and the fact that I I felt at the age of eight, I've done, I've done some things wrong. I need to go forward and receive Jesus into my life. So at the age of eight, I went down to the front that night and dedicated my life publicly to the Lord. So it's interesting, isn't it, that some may think, you know, children make an early decision, which mm-hmm. I probably did at five there. Yeah. I did it publicly when I was eight, that, that children know and they're being drawn by the Holy Spirit as well. So and I, I love it. You know, if children want to come forward and receive Christ, it doesn't matter how many times they go, let them go. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Until we know that they've got it. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I praise God that I was brought up in, in a godly family, really. And yeah. that, kept me in in many ways I'm very grateful for that yeah and both testimonies are very precious but very different and we've got to honor the testimonies of everybody really and the the um the book I've read your book Born Ready and it's it's a it's a lovely book it's really good fun it's really good to read um but life wasn't easy um you know you talk about the catholic church being an altar boy losing your father the drugs and the ymca so it's a it's a journey it's a big journey um why are you how are you so positive now because you are very positive even though you went through all of that and we i think you you come across very positive and i i can see that you. you are yeah yeah thank you i i think how and why am I so positive? Because how, obviously, by the grace of God, but also by choice, that it's a choice, that yeah. being positive and living by faith and, and choosing the joy of the Lord and, and magnifying the Lord daily in our lives, it's a choice. So we can either choose to live in Christ daily or we can choose to live in Christ is crisis daily. Um, we can either live in thanksgiving or we can live in grumbling and moaning and whinging. We can either magnify the Lord or we can magnify circumstances. So I've chosen to do that. I've chosen every day, like the Bible says in Corinthians, in, Corinth, in Thessalonians, sorry, where it says that if you want to know the will of God, it's really simple. It's pray without ceasing, rejoice, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you and me in Christ Jesus. So people are always mystif- mystical. You know, you find a lot of Christians mystical about the will of God. Well, really, the will of God is right now, pray without ceasing, rejoice, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So it's really a choice to be, posi- to be positive. Yeah, it's, it's really it's really a choice because people can think, oh, Terry's such a positive person. You know, he's he's positive. He's just he's got this amazing gift of super positivity. <laughs> well, part of it is a gift because I have got a gift of faith, but it's a choice. Yes, it is a choice. It's a choice to be positive. Yeah. Thank you. I'm pleased I asked that question because you've answered it brilliantly. Thank you. Can you tell me a bit about the, your church? You can, yeah. Um, it was interesting because, you know, God called me as an evangelist 
And I know the time, the date, it's when my mum mum went home to be with the Lord. And um, I knew she wasn't well. And I was in a meeting and um, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, he called me as an evangelist. My walk would be lonely at times like that of Abraham and Moses because of the gift he's placed on my life. He would be my comforter. And there was a blueprint for my life. So I really, I knew that, that a gift of faith came with that word that I received. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, I was already an evangelist. Prophecy confirms what you feel in your heart and God, you know, is just doing in you. You know, it just affirms line upon line. So it affirmed what I was doing and brought more power to it and focus for years and years and years. And I, I was always functioning in that gift. And then about five, six years ago, six years ago, January coming, after, after really getting in and around revival, the power of God and, and seeing the glory of God and revival in new ways and receiving a fresh impartation, I thought, that's great. This is what I believe God for. I've got a new impartation of power now. That's it. And then a few days later, God spoke to us again and said, I've called you to start a beachhead church in the north of England. You'll see great revival. Thousands will come. You'll train evangelists and the money shall flow. So if you want to know about our church, we're a beachhead church. Yeah. You can ask me what that is in a minute, if you want. Oh, yeah. In the north of England, we're seeing, and we're going to see even greater revival. We're training evangelists and the money shall flow, the provision shall flow. So that's what kind of church we are, a beachhead. So I'll explain what a beachhead is. It's when an army invades other territory gets on the beach, and then the troops come in and the tanks, and they set up a beachhead, which is a military organization and operational center. And from that, then they go out and take the rest of the land through military strategy. So that's what God's called us to build, a beachhead church with beachhead Christians, with beachhead mentality. So we're an army, but we're a family as well. Yeah. So, But we're really into the great command, love God with everything, love our neighbours, ourselves with everything, and fulfil the Great Commission. And not just talk about it, but actually do it, you know? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. You're welcome. I, I thought it was lovely seeing you and Jill having a chat. And it was wonderful during lockdown on the sofa. Mm. And uh, you really encouraged me. How did you, fi- did you find lockdown a challenge? I think... I chose to again because I was meant to go to, I think it was Sweden or Norway, anyway, Scandinavia the week before. And they want, they invited me to this biggest TV, Christian TV show over there. And I was going to go. And I was going for three, three days, three nights. But they wanted me to go for a week. And I said, I can't really come for a week because I wanted to take Jill with me. And he was really, oh, we want you for a week. I said, oh, well, I can't do a week. So in the end, I said, love you. We'll, we'll come again and bless you and whatever. So again, rather than just thinking, oh, I've prepared. I was going to go. It'd be great. I thought I'll do nightly broadcasts from home. Yeah. yeah. And so I was ready to do that. And we may have done. But then the lockdown hit and, you know, the pandemic news hit. So I thought, right, what I'm going to do is, like I do with everything, I'm going to crank it up a level. When the enemy comes in like a flood, he raises up the standard, the power of his blood, and we are the standard. 
So I thought I'm going to do two broadcasts a day, morning and night. So to be honest, for us, Lord have mercy, the lockdown, we were doing two broadcasts a day, every day, for yeah. nearly three months. Yeah. All right. Between eight and ten weeks, I think. And I, I think there was a number of people that it was a huge, well, it was all a bit of a huge shock. She's asking us, was it a challenge for us? Okay, well, okay, well <laughs> let me just answer. I was, we found a lot of people were really appreciative of yes. actually doing yeah. those meetings because it was a, a whole sort of, wow, nobody expected that to happen. Obviously, we didn't expect it to happen either, but it was a blessing because we were able to then um, Minister and encourage yeah, help people. and support people. We had feedback saying really that, that it was a lifesaver to people that they were totally cut off from all of the family yes. in that section, and that really we brought hope and a focus to the day as well. So that was, you know, a joy for us to hear that back as well. So it yeah. was lovely. It was really encouraging. Um, and and yeah. we got a rhythm. I mean, we did the we had breakfast, did the morning broadcast then went for a walk, then had a sleep, and then it was evening broadcast, somehow, somewhere, we fitted everything <laughs> in. But we had a good rhythm and a good pace, and it was a blessing. I mean, we did an evangelism academy. We did, we, we launched our online Bible academy then. Um, I wrote two books in lockdown. Um, I've released one. I've got another one just being proof edited now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't need to put our lives on hold, and the kingdom of God is never on hold. We've got to find, especially in days like this, creative, innovative ways of bringing the gospel, of building church, of ministering to people. You know, we've, we've got to do new, creative, innovative ways. Yeah, so, it was. It was. It was a great really, opportunity for us. It was great. It really was. As an evangelist, what is your biggest challenge, and why would you want people to know Jesus? Okay, as an evangelist, my biggest challenge is really learning to rest and stop. Right, okay, yeah. Um, because I can just get so hyper-focused with vision, with calling, with anointing, with power, that I can just go, 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 but your body can't take it. Yes. Your yes. little wall will slide down it. So I'm learning now to pace and rest. I've just had a couple of days rest, really. But especially even with mobile phones now, I've got to learn to turn it off and yeah. rest. Mm -hmm. And you know, watch a movie and chill out, and you know, go yeah. for a walk and do whatever. So the greatest challenge for me as an evangelist is looking after myself, self care. I'd say. Yeah. Um, and then what, what was the next part of the question? It was. Why would you want people to know Jesus? Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, do you like how I'm answering your questions? And I love it. Message and preaching the latest revelation I've had. <laughs> I People do. do that, don't they? <laughs> well, I don't know. Not, not here, they don't. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? I've listened to some of your interviews. Now, what really ticks me off is when you, you interview people and they just go off on tangents. And I'll tell you right now, the Bible says this. No, you've asked me a question, what's my favourite dessert? You know, I'll answer it. We don't need to spiritualise it all. No, why do I want people to know Jesus? I, I want them because I see people where they're at. And I see that everybody needs salvation, redemption, and healing, and power, and a new life. There's an eternity at stake here. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. But I, it's just something that burns within you, and it's something that never leaves you, and it's something that, I mean, Jill will tell you, 
we can be doing anything and everything. And the gospel just flows out of me. And I'll lead people to Christ. Like, yeah. you know, like a greengrocer would sell vegetables. It's just, it's just what happens. Why would I want it? Because it's just a precious soul. And you see that people need love, the power of God. And, um, and then, of course, then with that comes all the benefits of salvation, peace, joy, righteousness, mm-hmm. healing, provision. You know, it's just a glorious thing, the gift of salvation. And it needs to be shared. It does. Thank you. That's, that's, you know, that's why I, I, that's why I was drawn to you anyway, Terry, because I know that you have got a heart for people um, and that, that does come through and everything you do. So thank you. Um, Yeah. Well, thank you. I think you've answered all my questions. Um, It's, it's, yeah. So I just really appreciate you, you being here. Is there, is there anything else that you feel that you, you would like to say? uh, Not really. We can pray for people before we go, but I mean, if anyone wants to know anything else about us, they can find us at terryeckersley.org. Yeah. Real simple. And they can find us at rivernetwork.church. Yeah. Okay. So it's really, really simple. And I mean, on social media as well, people can easily, easily find us. And if people want to ask any questions or jump onto any of our streams, I mean, we're going to be relaunching soon. So we'll have some good regional and national conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have some great, great, you know, events um, that people can come along to. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Terry. Do you want me to pray before yes, you go? Yes, I do. That would be people? excellent. Thank you. Okay, for anybody who's watching this broadcast, it's really simple. If you want to become a Christian, all you need to do is basically say you're sorry. Because we've all gone our own way. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So we just want to offer you that gift okay. right now. And anybody else, Christians who are on, um, if you feel you just want to come closer to the Lord, if anybody needs a healing or deliverance or power, just receive this right now. We'll all pray together. Let's just say, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, we come to you now. To you now. Cleanse us with Cleanse your blood. With your blood. Forgive us for going our Forgive own us way. For going our own way. We put you first in our we put lives. You first in our lives. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for filling me with your Thank power. Thank you for filling me with your power. Even now. In Jesus' name. And just start to thank you for it right now. That's the power of God now coming in new ways. People are getting healed and set free and delivered and empowered in the name of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for it, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you. You're welcome. Love Love you. you. Bless you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Cold Water Podcast. Please remember to subscribe and join next week.